Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 5th, 2010. I, I get this part over quickly at the beginning of every show and I'm sure you, those who've listened to it so many times can skip it or go and make some tea or coffee or something. But I always tell the newcomers to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. That's my own website. you find hundreds of hours of talks I've given over the years for download for free and you'll see on the front page of the com site, there's a whole bunch of other sites listed. You should bookmark them for future use because sometimes the main ones go down. And if you find slow uh, download uh, tomorrow, for instance, after I put this up tonight, you can always uh, try these alternate sites. Everyone goes into the com at the same time, and sometimes that tends to overload it. Now, remember, too, uh, there's books for sale that I've written. There's DVDs and discs and so on for sale. That's the only thing that keeps me going and ticking over here because I don't ask for money from advertisers. I get offered it, but I don't take it. That's how most hosts uh, make their money, and that's the way things run in the business world. But what I do isn't a business. I'm only out here talking because I decided a few years back there there wasn't much time left before people should really know what had happened and how they got to where they are and what's all scheduled ahead of them. And that's why I came out. So you remember, too, that you can purchase these items from the U.S. to Canada. You can use an, an, you can use an, um, a personal check to order from the U.S. You can also use an international postal money order from the U.S. to Canada. Uh, cash is okay. And some people use PayPal, too, for to donate or to purchase. If you want to purchase an item using PayPal, send the donation, and then followed by a separate email with your name, address, and the order, and I'll get it out to you. Now, across the world, too, you also have Western Union, and you've got MoneyGram, uh, PayPal, again, to order or donate. And don't forget, too, I do appreciate donations, because it's generally the, the donations that keep me going. To be honest with you. And it's always the same few people all the time who do it. So I appreciate those who have been listening for years to chip in once in a while and put a few pennies this way. Now, the thing is, too, this new world order of ours is quite something. It's funny, I've got music in the background here. But uh, this new world order, is, as I say, it's on a rampage. Most folk think it's just a, a name change or some kind of regime change. It's more than any regime change. It's an, an old, old plan, put in long before you were born, to recreate the world the way that they think it should be created, with all of its mistakes gone, its follies gone, and those who know better, those who are you know, an elite-type crew who believe they've studied different sciences, have the right to decide how the rest of you should live. A very ordered society, eventually going into a brave new world type of society for 
those down the road who will help to serve their masters, who will still continue as the masters with their own dynasties, as always. That's really what it's all about. So that's why I came out a few years back and decided it was time that I should say and speak about what I knew and what I studied for years and years and years. I never really had put too far except the small groups of people because I thought nobody would understand what I was talking about. Most folk are so brainwashed by their education, uh, by the media, television. They, they grow up, they're babysat with television. And those who run those companies know that too. And that's why so much of the programming goes right into the young child's mind. Uh, all the greeting stuff was getting pumped out years ago in cartoons as the children were just learning to speak. And now I'll be back with more on what's happening today after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. You know, the United Nations was set up to be an independent body that uh, had a special status in the world, Um, a status that no one except the the leaders voted on to even give them that status, special powers and all the rest of it, like a sovereign entity. And I've always been puzzled as to why a guy like Rockefeller could donate the land there uh, that really is American territory, to this sovereign body to build their, their sovereign independent uh, temple on, basically that big building there. And they organize the treaties that they sign up, that they get everyone to sign on to, and then those treaties are put into law. It doesn't go through Congress or parliaments and so on. It just gets put into law across the board. And they bypass the regular functions of what we think of as democracy by doing so. But this idea is to bring in this socialist, uh, expert-run world society. And believe you me, under the guise of liberalism, they're the most intolerant of all. These are the guys who bring all your political correct uh, updates and what you should believe now about this, that, the other, or whatever. And it's generally opposite of what you, you believed years before. That's what political correctness really is. It's updates on the new, uh, the, the new PC. But they do have a, a special status, and this, the Supreme Court of the U.S. upheld that, that status, that they're untouchable within the United States. And this article here is about a sexual harassment case that's been going on for years. It's one of many that's happened over the years, amongst other things, too, and no one can touch them. And it says here, the United States Supreme Court has upheld the tenet the United St- the nations is above the law refusing to question the world body's legal immunity in a sexual harassment case involving one of its former top officials. The U.S. justice is left intact, a lower U.S. court's finding, which stated that the United Nations and U.N. bosses are absolutely immune in attempts to sue over sexual harassment allegations. That goes for everything else as well. They have diplomatic immunity, like a sovereign nation. Anyway, it comes after, um, it comes after, uh, this decision comes after, and despite the fact that the UN's investigators found Rudd Lubbers, the former chief of the UN's refugee agency, had engaged in unwanted touching of staffer Cynthia Brzezak after a December 2003 meeting in Geneva. They also found he had intimidated their threatened staff in a bid to derail the probe. 
Mr. Blubbers, who served as Dutch Prime Minister from 1982 to 1994, has long denied all allegations of sexual harassment. Well, of course he will. Of course, he's been doing this his whole darn life, this character. But in the land of America, that means he's a land lover, I guess. In the land of America, he's free to do what he wants. But anyway, he resigned as UN High Commissioner for Refugees in 2005 as the scandal continued to make headlines. This same guy, if you scroll down this, this article, and I'll put these links up at the end of the show at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, it said here that um, he, he, this wasn't the first person or the last person he'd done this too well. He was a UN uh, chief of refugees and so on. It, it said that um, he did the same thing with Andrew, uh, Angelina Jolie. It says, uh, one of the UN investigators also revealed that the probe into Mr. Lubber's conduct uncovered allegations he groped actress Angela Jolie soon after appointing her as a refugee agency's goodwill ambassador. All these actresses and actors have got to get something appointed to them in Hollywood to be acceptable. Even though but one cent in the dollar of charity goes to any dual cause. Ms. Jolie continues to serve as the, the United UNHCR goodwill ambassador and did not file a complaint. As the staff news who witnessed the incident told the investigator that minutes before coming down the elevator to be introduced to staff in the building's Geneva headquarters, Mr. Lubbers grabbed Ms. Jolie from behind. Uh, Frank Montill, one of the, I, the OIOS investigators, told the Sydney Morning, Morning Herald after his retirement. So, but anyway, the, the thing is, though, they do have well, diplomatic immunity, sovereign status, and they can do this all over the world, wherever they go. This kind of thing. There's been many cases too where they've been drunk and smashed cars and stuff and they can't be touched because they have this diplomatic sovereign immunity wherever they go. That's quite the protection. See, that's the world you're coming into, folk. You have the ones who are, who can get away with this kind of stuff at the top. You know, the real entities and, and then you all have the non-entities beneath them. That's all of the rest of you out there. That's the world they are bringing in, all these specialists and control freaks. Because they are control freaks, believe you me. And if you dig into the United Nations, you'll find every part of whatever they do is a big, incredible scam. You look into the charitable agencies that they have over there in the refugees areas where they're supposed to dish out so much food and so on. They contain refugees in vast areas. And they still put up on their sites how many die per month in the areas they're supposed to be feeding. I think it's a culling operation, to be honest with you. And that's how this world operates. It's often double-think or double-speak. Or double meaning. The opposite is generally what they're really up to. No kidding. I've been looking into that and it's just an eye-opener. Quite something. And the other night too, I was looking into an old um, Monty Python type movie from the 80s, I think it was. And it was called Time Bandits. And it's by Terry Gilliam. And... Um, it's, it's quite funny, you've got to re-watch it from the beginning and get through the initial stuff until it gets to the points, because a lot of statements are made in Gilliam's movies, and he, he's a guy who did Brazil about the futuristic society that we're now in, where, where the world's run under the guise of terrorism everywhere, bombs go off all over the place, the people are used to it, but no one ever catches or sees a terrorist, it's a way of keeping control over the public. But in this particular movie, it's a, it's a comedy about uh, the supreme being versus the devil. And the devil's down in his little pit there with his demons, having a good old time. And uh, he says, what, what does the supreme being know about about uh, microchips and uh, 
computers and so on. He says, that's how I'm taking over, he says. That's how I'm taking over. That was in the, that was in the early 80s. Amazing, eh? We're all being monitored today to death by all this technology. And they'll tell you, well, it's, that's progress. You can't stop it. Well, really, why aren't enough people getting up in arms about it? Because they're not, really. They're accepting it. It's because they've had years of programming that this is inevitable by movies and dramas and TV and all the rest of it, that this is just inevitable. And eye scans and so on, I've seen it in God knows how many movies, even though they can't remember the movies. They remember the downloads. They've seen them. So they think it's all quite inevitable. And that's why they adapt. It's called predictive programming. They put out years and years ahead. Years and years ahead. And here's where it goes. I mean, it's never ending, and it won't end up, by the way. They've got a long ways to go. They know where they want to take it, but there's got a long ways to go. But they, they train you, Pavlovian style, step by step. Don't spook the hair too much by doing a radical change all at once. Just a little bit at a time, and we adapt, because we're the most adaptable species on the planet. And there's an article here. It says, school inst- installs 9,000 pounds worth of facial recognition cameras to stop students. This is an excuse Turning up late. Can you, really, this is the rubbish they're telling you. And teachers could be next target. It could make the time-honored tradition of taking the school register a thing of the past. Cutting-edge cameras are being used to scan children's faces as they enter school. The face recognition technology makes sure they have turned up records where they were on time or late and keeps an accurate roll call. It can also deliver messages to pupils as they sign in. Ten schools have started using the system, which is likely to be introduced elsewhere if considered a success. Now, what are the school headmasters getting paid for this? Eh? I mean, they have to buy this stuff. They're all funded by the taxpayers. Where are they getting all this cash? Who's getting the deal? Who's getting the kickbacks? There's always kickbacks in big contracts, you know. Always. From your federal level to, to, to your state governments. There's always kickbacks. You know, you're the government, you give them the, the award to do this contract, and they kick back so much a percent, generally five. That's how it, ha- that's how it really works in the real world. But anyway, it says here, uh, like, and then you have the privacy campaigners reacted angrily. They always have your authorized everything here, your pros and your aunties, eh? There's never an uncle anywhere, it's always pros and aunties. So it says, privacy campaigners reacted angrily yesterday, warning that the technology was another encroachment on civil liberties. Well, big deal, you can say what you want. You've got to do something about it. You don't just keep yapping about it. Do something about it. Everybody else is getting cut back with with, with, uh, uh, with inflation. Inflation's gone through the roof. Uh, your taxes are all gone up. But no, the schools, the military, the police get all the toys, eh? Without a problem. Just what, that's what uh, Lenin said. You've got to keep your, your teachers well paid because they indoctrinate the next intake of children. You've got to keep your police well paid and give them more privileges in the general public so they'll stay on your side, they'll do what they're told. And, of course, the same with the military. Why should they ever change the, the formula when it works, eh? So it says Britain's already subjected to the greatest level of electronic surveillance in the world with her movements set to be recorded in some way about 3,000 times per week. Now, Britain, as I say, is a flagship for the world to copy they were the ones who planned, it wasn't Britain really, it was London. And that's where they planned the whole world empire that was to blossom into a global system, a commonwealth system, and then into a world united nations system. 
of global governance, and it's still going on today. So when I read these articles about Britain, remember, that's coming to you eventually, absolutely coming to you, no, no two ways about it. But yeah, they've always got the cash for, for these particular projects, always. And here's an article here now, very interesting article about the C, from the CEO of Google Technology. And it's from the Telegraph, and it says, Eric Schmidt to Google gets close to the creepy line. Eric Schmidt, the CEO of Google, has described his company's policy. Google policy is to get right up to the creepy line and not cross it, he said. And it goes on to say, um, he was talking to the Atlantic about the possibility of a Google implant, a chip under your skin that would track you and provide easy web access. That, Schmidt said, was probably over the creepy line. But then he followed up with this info, and I'll mention it when I come back from this break. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about Google and reading an article from his CEO who talks about uh, the creepy line, as he calls it, a chip under the skin would be the creepy line. He doesn't want to quite cross that, maybe not yet. Then he says this, though, listen to this. However, he followed that by saying, with your permission, with your permission, you give us more information about you, about your friends, and we can improve the quality of our searches. That's what this, this excuse they use for all that. This, of course, it's a lame excuse. It says, we don't need you to type at all. We know where you are. We know where you've been. We can more or less know what you're thinking about. Some might argue that that is over the line too, but Google will only read your mind with your permission. So that's a relief. Schmidt has a history of attention-grabbing and quotable statements about Google's increasing uh, uh, creep into our lives, as he calls it. There was the time that he said, if you have something that you don't want anybody to know, maybe you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Recently, he has suggested that young people might in future change their names so as to escape their Google-able past when they put all their little uh, you know, juvenile escapades up there. Last month, he muttered critically about having other ways to get access to Facebook's data should the social network decline to let Google index it. Now, Facebook came under attack, and there are some people leaving. There's a lot of idiots quite happy with it because the, the, the leader of that, of course, the guy the CEO of that, said he was selling all the information he was gathering on the people who were using it because they were putting it all up in the sites, right? And he said they were all stupid foxes. I think it was foxes. It sounded like a fox, something like that. Anyway, and um, it says here, uh, Schmidt's comments uh, often sound like those of a man speaking off the cuff and perhaps saying a little more than he should. Maybe that's why they are, but I'm not sure. I spent some time with Schmidt earlier this year, and since then I have heard him repeat in other interviews almost word-for-word answers that he gave me. I think Schmidt has thought very carefully about these issues and is very clear on the message he wants to give. Google makes some wonderful products, 
And then he goes on what he uses and all the rest of it, Gmail, Google Reader, and of course, search, etc. However, their attitude towards their private data is a concern, a cause for concern, not least because Google tends to make it its services opt-out rather than opt-in, which means that the permission of Schmidt talks about will be given implicitly. While Google is honest about wanting to get right up to the creepy line, it would also suit them if that line could be pushed even further back. Schmidt's comments play a tiny role in helping that process along. I would bet that in a decade the line will have been pushed even further. In the meantime, though, there will be a lot more court challenges and protests as Google slowly gets its way. It's tempting to suggest that Eric Schmidt should keep quiet instead of stirring people up every few months, but I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Well, of course he does. He's the CEO of the company. He's not a dumbo. He knows what he's doing. And that's what you find with these uh, characters, too. They let things out on cue at the right time. And, of course, they rehearse them as well. And another thing about the CCTV, uh, here's another part, too. They're employing citizens now because they're going to hook up citizens with their own computers to sit and watch uh, the CC- through the CCTV cameras by home through monitors at home in their houses. It says the CCTV vigilantes, snoopers paid to sit at home watching store security cameras. And private snoopers are being paid to monitor thousands of CCTV cameras from home. Their job is to try to spot criminal behavior on live feeds from cameras in stores and streets. What's criminal behavior? They understand it's going to go up and up and up. A, a smile at the wrong time could be, a, you know, the, the psychologists will get on hold of that and say, oh, pull that guy in, we'll have to see what's going on in his head. Just if, for example, they see a shoplifter to send a text message warning the owner to the firm. The company behind the idea, Internet Eyes, says it will help fight crime. And you're getting sick hearing that, it'll help fight crime. Even the chief police of London, I think, came on last year and says that not one of these cameras ever helped fight crime. But who cares when big business is on the go, eh? And, of course, it's not the real agenda anyway. It's to modify your behavior because when you know you're being watched all the time, you behave differently. It's not an experiment. In an experiment, the subject mustn't know he's being experimented upon. It changes his behavior. So you know you're getting experimented and watched, and so therefore you can't act normally anywhere you go. You're self-policing. That's the terms the United Nations call bringing in this brave new world, a society where the public are trained to be self-policing, in case you didn't know that. And... That film that came out, I was mentioning, uh, is called No Pressure by 1010, the movie, uh, put out by a really radical greenie group, but paid by the big boys. All the big names are up there funding them, big uh, corporations funding them, and they paid big bucks for actors, real actors, not little ham actors, and they got real camera stews and uh, uh, guys and and a whole bit to do the movie, and a a full-time professional director who's made professional movies to terrify the school children primarily into uh, going along with uh, we've got to cut carbon and we've got to all the, all the rest of this stuff cut back on humans basically because you know behind it all they keep blaming people for all the world's problems to do with what they call climate change now that they drop global warming they've got to just call it climate change but uh, they blew up their classmates that was the, the funny parts of the film they said these were the funny parts they blew up their classmates and they think that's okay to teach that way by impacting their minds that anybody who dissents, including their, their classmates, should be killed. It's blown up. And that's funny. You laugh at it. Can you believe that? 
young children getting suspended for drawing a little gun on a bit of paper, getting suspended for a year. Back with more after this break. Liberals are lovely, don't you just love them? Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back, and we're cutting through the matrix and talking about this uh, movie they made to terrorize children, to brainwash them through basically embedding or imprinting in their minds, very young minds, that uh, people who dissent and don't go along with the big group, you know, the big liberal group, uh, will be blown up. Because liberals, under the preaching of tolerance for all, of course, are the most intolerant of all. They won't accept anybody else's opinion outside their agenda. That's rather evident over the years, isn't it? They forbid you to talk about certain things, in fact. And um, once you've got power, they really go to it with all their forbidding stuff. But it says Climate Group uh, regrets the, the shock film tactic, and so does Sony, it says, because Sony was one of the big backers of it. It says, this is from NewYorkTimes.com, there are much more important things to focus on than an utterly misconceived mini-movie blowing up children to recruit carbon cutters. So it's welcome that Eugenie Harvey, the director of the 1010 UK group, as the non-governmental organization charity group, that looked very well in the high in the hog, uh, commissioned the film, has removed uh, towards closure by issuing a real apology in the text is below. It says it's a rather reluctant, uh, it's rather reluctantly reg- um, regret that it puts out. Uh, is, this note is posted on Friday, essentially encouraged YouTube visitors to copy and disseminate it by saying, we won't be making any attempt to censor or remove other versions currently on the internet on the in, uh, or in circulation on the internet. So they won't remove anything. They're, they're, they're proud to have it up there, you see. Because these guys are totally unrepentant. It doesn't matter uh, who came down against them. They'd stand up because they're, they're, they consider themselves radical. Radical, you see. They're radical. You've got to be radical to get all these grants. I'm not kidding about that. Government gives you grants if you're radical for radical change. He said, of course, the 1010 folks can't do anything about the even more horrific remixes of the video that are now being propagated by foes of climate action. It says, sorry, you'll have to Google them for yourself, because now everyone's running with it and making a lot of uh, blow-up terrorist cartoons. He says, if you'd like to see what funny, gory humor looks like, I encourage you to check out climate uh, blog tunist Mark Roberts' take on the no-pressure video. Uh, A Green Wire report in the Times Web's Say, it describes more reverberations related to the film. He said, if you missed it, I encourage you to read my initial post on the film, including two thumbs down review and a variety of reactions by people involved in movie making and or environmental communication. He says, here's today's apology from Harvey, followed further below by a note from Sony's European division, who helped fund it. It says, here's a statement by Eugenie Harvey, who's the director of 1010 UK. Last week, 1010 made available a short film. Following the initial reaction to the film, we removed it from our website and issued an apology on Friday, 2nd of October. Subsequently, there has been negative comments about the film, particularly on blogs and concern from others uh, working hard to build support for action on climate change. We are very sorry if this has distracted from their efforts. 
We're also sorry our, our corporate sponsors, delivery partners and board members who have been implicated in this situation despite having no involvement in the film's production or release. We will learn from this mistake. Today I have written to supporters and stakeholders explaining that we will review processes and procedures to make certain it cannot happen again. Maybe they won't have enough high explosives next time, eh? Responsibility for this process has been taken by the 1010 board. The media coverage of the film was not the kind of publicity we wanted for 1010, nor for the wider movement to reduce carbon emissions. They should tell them these explosives cause carbon, big black smoke, you know. If people have been in touch with us personally about the film, we'll be replying to individuals' emails over the next few days. Meanwhile, our thanks go out to all those who support 1010 and who work to combat the threat of climate change. So that, that's, that's our apology, if you call it an apology. It's, it's kind of like an apology, but it's not an apology, because these people are unrepentant, uh, are against um, control freaks. This evening I represent, and as I say too, to do this with school children, to train it to school children, as I say, school children who even draw a picture of a gun, to draw it on a piece of paper, get, get put out for a whole year, banned from school for, from a year. For that. But these guys can use classrooms and pretend to blow up their classmates, cover them in gore and all the rest of it, to get their message across. Some strange message too, isn't it? That, that I guess if you ignore carbon, you blow up. Hmm? What kind of minds are we dealing with here? Anyway, it says, This evening, a representative of Sony Corporation Europe sent a note to an angry viewer of the video that was then forwarded to me by Mark Moreno of ClimateDepot.com and just confirmed its authenticity with the author, and here it is. So they also uh, thank the concern, so on and so on. Uh, and they've said that Sony has supported the 1010 climate change campaign because we share its objective to reduce carbon emissions. Well, as I say, you know, explosions give up a lot of, of a lot of carbon and toxic stuff as well. However, we strongly condemn the no pressure video which was conceived, produced and released by 1010 entirely without, without the knowledge or involvement of Sony. Well, who used the cameras? Who provided them to? The company considers the video to be ill-conceived and in extremely bad taste. They also believe the video risks undermining the work of the many thousands of members of the public, schools and universities, local authorities and many businesses, of which Sony is one, who support the long-term terms of 1010 movement and who are actively working towards the reduction of carbon emissions. Well, maybe you should try it all, Mr. Sony and all that, with um, telling some truth and facts about the matter instead of a political indoctrination agenda. That might, that's maybe a place for you to start. Anyway, so there you go. It's a big global agenda, as you know, from the top, so it doesn't make any difference what you say. And under this greening plan, it's all ripped to the taxpayers who've been uh, already plundered, raped and pillaged by their governments, uh, bailing out the banks, also raped and pillaged and plundered them. Uh, the households fail, uh, face £769 a year rise in power bills to rewire the nation for green energy. What's green energy? Are they going to make the lines overhead made asparagus or something? Green energy. Can you believe they're rubbish? Just keep repeating the same stuff over and over and over. It's a carbon footprint. What footprint's that? There's such things like footprint of carbon. The big marketers and psychologists work up this kind of stuff and terminology for you to use to make it a real thing in your minds. But green, green energy. A £200 billion plan to switch to green energy could cost householders an average of £769 a year, it was claimed today. 
the industry regulator off government said a massive construction plan is needed to build a new wind farms, new more wind farms, huh. uh, power stations, including a nuclear and a modern national grid. The first stage, a thirty-two billion pound plan to build new pipelines and pylon networks, has been given the go-ahead. Now, Offgem is a, is a company that works like an, an, an NGO-type company on behalf of government and business. It's one of these strange in-between parts of government we have now that nobody elects, public-private. This is, however, industry analysts said the full £200 billion cost would put up the average annual bill of £1,194 by £769 a year, or 68% to £2,000. So it goes on and on and on, and this is to come to Canada and all over the place as well, as they put up the occasional windmill. And you're still, there's even documentaries up there where you'll see some of these windmills in action during a storm, and you'll see the blades and rotors come flying off them. I mean, those things are lethal, you know, but they're pretty well useless as well. And they know that. They're well aware of that. They're useless. We're going through a big charade right now as they want to bring down the populations and all the rest of it. That's really what it's about. Another site too I want you to look into is the sea level falling in 2010. And it's from Real Science. It says, we're constantly being told that 2010 is the hottest year ever and that the polar ice caps are melting down at a record rate. Dr. Hansen tells us to expect 3 to 6 plus metres of sea level rise this century. That would be a minimum of 30 millimetres a year. Given Dr. Hansen's record of heat, the ocean must be heating and expanding and the polarised sheets must be melting and pouring into the sea. Levels must be rising like crazy. Then they give you the counter to the actual stuff of people who are actually going around the world testing it. Professionals again testing the, the actual records of the sea is it falling or rising or what, and it's actually falling. It's actually been falling everywhere, except in the computer models, of course, but it's been falling in, in actuality, and I've read some articles in the, the, the past about that too. Utter, utter rubbish, but I'll put this link up on my site too, and you can go through it for yourself. Now, there's colours on the line. There's um, this look from, from Vermont there. Are you there, Luke? Oh, yeah. Hi. Yes. Um, well, I, I just wanted to tell you, I've been listening to, uh, been listening to you a lot and, uh, kind of a more relaxed version of what Alex Jones has to say, I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, certainly more easier to listen to. Um, but I've heard some, uh, I, I'm just scrolling through your poems and some of your recordings and you made a reference to, uh, sort of the, the leaders in the Patriot movement. Um, and how they're kind of just another arm and a provided hero. I was wondering if you feel that way about um, Alex Jones' listeners and Alex Jones himself. Well, I, th- I think the one I was referring to is actually not a, uh, a radio host, although there was a radio host belonging to that group that was on the, the air at the time. Uh, but they're one of the biggest organizations that pumps out uh, fantastic uh, professional, uh, professionally done reports on what's happening to them. So they circulate the, the information to a lot of the Patriot stations who run with it without questioning the sorcery or what their main objectives happen to be. It isn't until you get into their site that you'll see that they're doing the Trotskyite version of the world they want to bring in by using good data, but, but it spins on everything, you know. Mm-hmm. But I've always said too that no one, no one should follow anybody 
in this world. You can't follow people and you shouldn't follow people because people will change. People will change as they go along. Um, and you will get bribes coming your way and all the rest of it, which you have to turn down. There's no doubt about it. You get, you get approached. And uh, followers are always disillusioned eventually with their leaders and generally turn on them. That's the history of the world. You know, they've always, they always give you the allegory of Jesus being um, followed by the mob. And they, the mob followed him because he saw him. He fed them and he, he cured them and uh, he showed them miracles and entertained them. Uh, but when it comes to crucifying them, they all turned up to boo them, you see. Uh, so people should not be followers. And to be honest with you, um, this whole, not that I think this will happen, but the only way you could fight this is for people to ter- take back their individuality and their privacy and their rights one by one by one, because as soon as you form a group, you're going to be completely taken over. Right. Yeah. So, um, so as far as any um, any mass movement goes, you you really you think there's nothing any mass movement can do? It has to come down to the individual. It always has to come down to the individual. Uh, a mass either has to be made up of individuals who stay individuals but agree on certain certain topics uh, when it comes to action, but they must retain their individuality. The problem with most mass groups is. You have group dynamics there, and well understood at the top. And leaders will come, will vie with each other to become leaders and overthrow over power. And there's a lot of political infighting. That that always happens, especially when money starts to come their way. And uh, not only that, the, the the big boys have been at this for a long time, uh, putting in infiltrators. One of the best books on how it's done was written during the Cold War, and it's called uh, "You Can You Can Trust the Communists," and it shows you how. Um, many of the fronts were organized, uh, actually communist fronts. Other ones were used by Christian churches, uh, well-meaning people and all the rest of it, to do the bidding of an organization they didn't really understand. It sounded good to them what they're being told. Um, and other organizations, the, the, the agencies said, and people who'd work harder than anybody else at the top. They were the last ones to go home. They'd take on extra work. And eventually, when it came time to appoint a new chairperson, they got the job. And that's how you infiltrate. Uh, I read recently that Martin Luther's kings, uh, during his whole time in the spotlights, he was accompanied with a professional photographer. He thought it was his friend. He was actually an FBI informant. Uh, this is standard in every group. You know. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I had another question. Um, do you think at this point um, we've... Uh, maybe the people up top that you refer to uh, understand uh, that we've reached a peak oil and uh, and maybe what they've done to get us involved in these wars in Iraq, like if 9-11 was an inside job, uh, things like that. Do you think possibly they've organized it that way because uh, they know we've reached peak oil and they're, they're, they're perhaps working for our own benefit in any way? It's not just peak oil. They'll certainly grab all the goodies that's there. But if you went to Ontario alone in Canada, you'd find about 200 oil wells that were capped in the 1920s for future use that are still uncapped today. They're all over Canada. They're still capped, full of oil. They have never been pumped. Uh, they've got plenty of oil all over um, the, the, the world, 
Um, and oil eventually will become more and more unnecessary as you go purely synthetic and other things as well. That can be done. But in the meantime, yeah, they will use their oil. Any, what you're seeing isn't just a, a war of conquest. You're seeing a political war. And the neoconservatives, when they were in power, made it quite plain. And some of those who are at the top, now that they're not in power, have come out with their own videos on what they did. And they called it revolutionary democracy. They would invade countries under the guise of they were freeing the people to give them uh, democracy, revolutionary democracy. Uh, that's a term they use. And, of course, of course, they'll plunder everything that's there in the meantime. Absolutely. What they're doing is standardizing the world under one system. And uh, Obama's just carrying on because there's no difference between any parties. It hasn't been for a long, long time. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've tried to get my dad. Uh, he's... He's conservative. He's a business owner up here in Vermont. He uh, he has some complaints about the federal government and his business. You know, he does a quail farm operation. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to having his birds inspected, he's got a lot of regulations to deal with. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I try and I try and uh, get him to, you know, when it's, which is hard for me because I know I'm not anyone to educate anybody except. I've been listening to Alex Jones and watching your videos and other people's, and I've been trying to get him to to think about uh, these ideas, these new world order ideas, these one world government ideas. And he, uh, you know, he said, you know, one world government is not not happening and never going to happen. Yeah. Private central bank, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, there's I don't want uh, clear government. I don't know. I don't want to know everything they're up to. Mm-hmm. Kind of, he trusts the good old boys. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He made a, he made a reference to. Uh, the the guys uh, in the back smoky room with cigars making deals that's how it's always supposed to go and yeah and uh, I don't really know what to say to that so well he's basically telling you he doesn't want to know yeah he's happy in his mind space his head space and he doesn't really want to know anything that would upset that or burst that bubble you know yeah. right so I wouldn't pursue with uh, relatives if if you want to stay friends with them. <laughs> But thanks for calling. I'll be back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, and there's Clint from Ontario on the line there, too. Are you there, Clint? Yes, Alan, I am. Thanks again for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad, actually, you brought up some uh, points tonight about technology and where we're going with it and whatnot, and I just wanted to throw a couple of theories at you with what I think in regards to the high-definition televisions that are out there and whatnot, yeah. um, and especially the new 3D that they're bringing back with the films and, and that. Um, I honestly think that somehow they're going to have a mass hypnotization, so to speak, of society and, and perhaps brainwash us in, in a way because mm-hmm. our brains do run on electrical waves. We know that. Yep. And and I really think that that could be a possibility, maybe through HARP or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to get your take on that. And also another thing you touched on was the doublespeak with yeah. our leaders, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. I, I honestly think that that's a, a modern-day form of gematria, 
uh, modern day yeah. highlight Griffiths, so to speak, you know, and, and when it they is. talk, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really think so too. And, and I'm just there. You say that it kind of firms my, my thought on that. But, um, when I see these symbols that they put out and the way they talk to people, mm-hmm. uh, I think they're really just talking to themselves in a way and, and the plan is going forward. Oh, it's going forward. Absolutely. There's nothing stopping it. Well, the, the DARPA had, uh, some information out on their capabilities of crippling uh, and even killing a person who watches a video screen. And what they can do is, is actually um, send signals into that picture uh, in such a way, random thoughts and so on, uh, random pictures that interact with your brain and the way your eyes perceive that then pushes those thoughts, those, those flickers and so on, and images uh, to other parts of the brain designed just like a virus to go in and they can actually slow down your heart or stop it. And uh, they actually have, a, have, they actually call it a virus for a computer, which they can select on certain individuals. If they can do that on you and get your body, your body to react in certain ways, they can do anything they want to your mind. To be honest with you, you don't see most of what's actually on that screen. And uh, when symbols come up and flickers come up and so on, or something is flashing away on one side, you have no idea. And they actually said they can actually do also with adding certain colors for certain effects of the, the, to affect the brain. Well, the television is the same. And that's why they got you into high definition as well. And high definition also is to make you unhappy eventually with the way you actually see in real life. Because you can't see, uh, when you concentrate on something and focus on something at a distance, you don't see everything in the foreground, you see everything clear in the background, um, and vice versa. In high definition, everything's clear from the very tip of the picture they're showing you, and then as you go into the picture further away, uh, it still is clear. So they're making you unhappy with real vision, and eventually they're coming out now, even with a movie, I'll put the link up on, uh, it's called uh, iBorgs. Iborgs. It's a movie coming out to show that oh, they're all wearing their little cameras on their foreheads and so on. But eventually we're, we know what's going to go into exactly what you saw in Star Trek on the Borg. They'll actually implant these little eye. And people will want it. The youngsters will want to have this particular eye implanted in them. And uh, with that will come a program and someone else will be running that program remotely and your brain is no longer yours, you know. <laughs> Definitely. And lastly, quickly, I'll just say, uh, like the other caller said, uh, I have known about you for a while, but for the past couple of weeks, I've really just listened to you and and uh, all the other researchers who I've followed since 2002 when I woke up. I believe that many of them are just perhaps gatekeepers or jesters, so to speak. And, and mm-hmm. I really think that, Alan, that you are the real deal. And, and I really appreciate what you're doing for keeping me on my toes for what I really have to watch and look into for the future of my family. Well, thanks for saying that. I appreciate that. Well, from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you.